welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Force. Join us now for a service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 18 says this after I turn the page. But we all, with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. I want to minister a subject this morning on uh, show us, God, show us your glory. Would you bow your head and pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather together and to love you and to fellowship with one another and spend time around your word, learning your word. I pray that you would touch me to be able to effectively communicate your word today. Touch the ears of the hearers to hear, their hearts to receive. May our understanding be enlightened, that we may accurately decipher the word of God today. We give you praise in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The ultimate goal of every Christian should be to be conformed to the image of God's Son. That's our drive and that's our goal. Romans chapter 8 and verse 29 in the New International Version says this, For those that God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren or brothers and sisters. So we see that it's the plan of God, it's the heart of God, it's the desire of God for us to become like Christ. And so when we talk about the glory of God, we're talking about the ambience of God. We're talking about, I like to put it like this, we're talking about the active presence of God. And that active presence of God has the purpose of transformation. It will transform us to become more and more like Christ. The Christian life is one of transformation. We are constantly being changed. The word transformed comes from the Greek word metamorpho, which means to change into another form or to transform or to transfigure, much like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. We could say it like this. We could say the caterpillar would be us. We could say the web that he weaves around himself would be the Word of God. And then eventually what happens is that Word produces a butterfly, you know, where we can just go out and go places we've never been, see things we've never seen before, and we have no resemblance to what we were before because we have been transformed. So Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17 verses 1 through 2, the Bible said was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as the light. As Christians, we undergo transformation and we become more and more like Christ. Instead of trying to be like someone else, we should celebrate our uniqueness, shouldn't we? We should celebrate our diversity and strive to be like Jesus. Now, many times, uh, many times we, all of us are being transformed into the image of Christ, but we all are coming from a different place. So we have to give allowances for each other. We have to understand, you know what? 
not everyone is going to be transformed the same way that I was. God's going to take them down a different road. God's going to take them down a different path. God's going to do something totally different for them than He did for us. Because every single one of us are unique. And every single one of us are uniquely different than one another. I was having uh, breakfast with Pastor Angelo. Pastor Angelo, they have a service here on Saturdays and on Tuesday nights. And I was having breakfast with him this week. And, and I told him, I said, Pastor Angelo, I said, we're just, we're, we're different, but we celebrate each other. He's very militant. He's, he's like a militant, you know. He's like, you know and, and when he's ministering, you can feel that. He's, he's militant, you know. He's like, bless God, we're in the army of God, and I'm a soldier in the army of God, and we're just going to, you know, defeat and destroy and rah, rah, all this guy. And he's very, very militant, you know. And he's very good at being militant, and he's very good at the way that he breaks the Scripture down and the way that he ministers. But then I told him, I said, but on the other hand, I'm a little more gentle. I'm a little more of a teacher. I'm a little more, God made me this way. And I told him, I said, if we try to become like each other, then we narrow our impact. But if we embrace one another as we are, and I celebrate you, and you celebrate me, and we join together, then it's much more broad, and we can reach so many more people. I think the church, many times through the years, has really limited what they can do for God by trying to make everybody like them. When in reality, what we need to do is strive, all of us strive to become like Jesus, to become like Him. See, it's not about you becoming like me. It's not about me becoming like you, but it is about you becoming like Him, and it is about me becoming like Him. And the more we become like Him on our journey to Christ-likeness, eventually we will become united and we will be a much stronger force together than if we celebrate our uniqueness than if we were by trying to change each other and make us like each other. Romans 8, 28 through 30 says this, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purposes. For him whom He did foreknow, He did predestinate to be, look at this, conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called, and whom He called, them He also justified, and whom He justified, them He also glorified. Jesus reiterated this in Luke chapter 6 and verse number 40 when he made this statement. He said, everyone who is perfectly trained will become like his teacher. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. The Holy Spirit is our leader. The Holy Spirit is our God. I think it's amazing. The Bible says that holy men of God wrote as they were moved by God of the Holy Ghost. So this scripture that we read is from the pen of someone who was moved by the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Spirit was the person that inspired them to write. And then the Bible says that it's that same Holy Ghost that teaches us and leads us and guides us into all truth. And in the Scripture, the Bible calls that truth Jesus Christ. So the same one that wrote the Word is the same one that's going to reveal the Word to you and to me. And that all happens through transformation. Now listen very closely to what I'm getting ready to tell you, okay? There are some things that you will understand today that you could not understand last year. How come? Because you are being transformed. Your spirit wasn't ready for that download last year. 
but your spirit is ready for it now. Sometimes we have to learn the basics before we can learn other things. And many times, if we don't watch it as Christians, especially older Christians that we've, you know, that's served the Lord for a long time and lived for the Lord for a long time, a lot of times we'll look at these younger Christians, these baby Christians, and we'll say, man, I just don't understand why they're, well, the reason is, the reason they're acting the way they are, the reason they're doing the things that they're doing is because they're younger than you and God. And they're learning how to live for Him. And they're learning how to love Him. And so they don't need our condemnation. They need our love and they need us to embrace them. Now, God says that He takes us from glory to glory. Now, this this phrase suggests, because the Bible said, We all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. The Bible says here, it, it talks about how that uh, our, this transformation is progressive. God takes us from glory to glory. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens gradually. Touch your neighbor and say, He's still working on me. <laughs> he's still working on me. And I can tell you right now, I know He's still working on me. And if you don't believe that, ask Donna. She'll tell you He's still working on me. And she's sitting here, yes, yes, yes. I think I got some brownie points. I'm not sure. As Paul said, we are being transformed. We are changed into the same image from glory to glory. This is a present tense, not having been transformed or a past tense. This is a present tense. Now, (laughs) I might look like a lump of coal, but I'm going to be a diamond someday. All right. I, I mean, I, you know, I might look, you know, uh, oh, oh, one of the things that Pastor Josh, he's got me back in the gym. So one of these days, you're going to have a buff pastor again. <laughs> and I might look dumpy and unhealthy right now, but I'm going to be buff someday. <laughs> and Donna said, yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is the point. The point that I'm trying to make is this. It doesn't happen overnight. And I'll tell you from this past week, sometimes it hurts. Sometimes you wake up and you're sore. Sometimes you wake up and say, he's fired. You know, I mean, sometimes, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good all the time, does it? When God's changing us, when God's transforming us, when there are things inside of us that is changing and transforming, because you know what? We have to get to the point in our life sometimes where we realize, you know, this may have worked last year, but it's not going to work now. And we're trying to hang on to things that God wants us to turn loose of so we can reach out and grab the next level of God's glory for our life. We can't accelerate forward as long as we're hanging on to the past. And we've got to say, God, I thank you for my past. I celebrate the past. I thank you for what you taught me there. But Lord, there's a destiny ahead, and that destiny is going to require every bit of my focus, every bit of my attention, and every bit of my strength. And Lord, I know there's going to be changes. There's going to be transformation that takes place in order to achieve that destiny. And so God, I give you my past, I give you my present, and together we'll grab destiny. Glory to glory. 
Transformation involves growth. We shouldn't expect baby Christians to act like grown-up Christians, but let me say this. We shouldn't expect grown-up Christians to act like baby Christians either. Somebody say amen, Pastor. You're preaching good. It's not God's will for us to get stuck. It's not God's will for you to be static. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18, but the path in the Amplified, but the path of the uncompromisingly just and righteous is like the light of dawn that shines more and more brighter and clearer until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day. The path, if we're on God's path, will constantly be changing and will constantly be transforming and will constantly be being let God work on us. You know, you have... Let, I just feel prompted by the Holy Spirit to say this. There are people that you have not met yet that are going to dramatically impact your life going forward. And you and I both have to be open to that. We have to stay on that path. And the Bible says that it's like the light of dawn. That means it's like... His mercies are new every morning. This is a brand new day. God's doing something fresh. God's doing something new. He wants to show us His glory. Philippians chapter 2 verses 14 and 15 says this, Do all things without grumbling and fault finding and complaining and questioning and doubting that you may show yourselves to be blameless and guileless, innocent and uncontaminated children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and wicked generation among whom you are seen as bright, lights in the world. In the world. If we claim to be a Christ follower and there's no transformation taking place, something is wrong. The Word of God will change you. A prayer life will change you. Fasting and trying to get close to God will change you. So the Christian life is one of transformation. We're moved from glory to glory and then here's where, we, where I've try, been trying to get to uh, in this whole message. Transformation comes from beholding Him. Yes. It comes from beholding Him. The Bible says here, uh, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. With unveiled face, we behold Him as in a mirror. Paul was referencing what was happening to Moses in the book of Exodus chapter 33 and verse number 18 when Moses cried out and said, God, show me your glory. God, show me your glory. And so, so uh, they, uh, Paul was referencing this. Moses had to put a veil on his face because Israel couldn't look upon him because he had been in the presence of Almighty God. His face was shining like the presence of Almighty God. I remember one time when I was a child, a very small child actually, we still lived in, in uh, uh, Arkansas, Missouri, actually Missouri at the time. Dad was going to uh, minister at a, a, a church in Snowball Mountain, Arkansas, a place called Snowball Mountain. And uh, I remember the first time that my dad ministered at this church, it was up on the mountain, Snowball Mountain. I remember when my dad ministered at this church the first time, they had knocked the walls out and, and here's why I remember, because he had just had all of his teeth on the top taken out, and he got his new plate earlier that day. And so he was preaching a rally, and we were in this house. They'd knocked the walls out of it, and Dad was preaching, and every time he'd preach, I, you know, like that. 
And so finally, he just took his teeth out right in front of everybody and handed them to my mother. And my mother just went like this, wrapped them up and put them in her purse, and he went back to preaching like this. Well, somehow, he got called back to preach. I remember that message because he crushed a rose and he talked about the fragrance of the crushed rose and I'll never forget that message. But, he, but, but they eventually got a, a building built up on the side of the hill and he went back to preach and I'll never forget as long as I live. I was real small. I don't even know if Rachel was born yet. She might have been, but she maybe not. But I was, I was small and I remember him uh, going over to the church real early in the morning and praying and I remember coming in uh, and they, they were getting ready to turn the service to him, and he came out of the side door, and he had been praying for three or four hours that morning, and I remember seeing his face just, just glowing, just glowing. I, I remember that. I have always remembered that. He had been in the presence of God. This is what had happened to Moses. Moses had been in the presence of God and he prayed and he said, God, show me your glory. And God said, I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock and my glory is going to pass by and I'm going to let you see the remnants of my glory. And just the remnants of God's glory caused such a glow upon his face that they had to put a veil on his face because the children of Israel couldn't look at him. Transformation happens when we behold the glory of the Lord. Uh, you, you know, we... We behold him now with unveiled, with an unveiled face. Tommy Tenney wrote a book years ago called God Chasers. How many's ever read that book, God Chasers? Wasn't that a powerful book? My goodness. He wrote a book called God Chasers, and the whole premise of that book was that we should quit seeking his hand and start seeking his face. In other words, we want God's glory in our life. We want God's presence in our life. Beholding means to contemplate. It means to meditate. It means, means to give attention to. And so the result of contemplation and meditation and giving attention is spiritual transformation that is evidenced by outward uh, uh, manifestations of God's presence. Spiritual transformation that is evidenced by the outward manifestations of God's presence. If I'm in God's presence every single day and you're in God's presence every single day, Three months from now, you're not going to be the same person you are right now because God's going to constantly be changing you and transforming. You say, well, I kind of like the way that I am right now. Why would I want God to change me? Give Him a chance. You'll like yourself better three months from now. You will. You will. And it'll change us and it'll transform us. We've got to get an appetite for God's glory. We have to get an appetite for His active presence in our life. We have to get an appetite for God moving in our life. The Bible said in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 2, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. This is talking about meditation. It's talking about contemplation. It's talking about beholding Him, meditating upon Him. Our focus becomes Him our goal becomes to see and experience His glory. Lord, I'm going to spend my time 
with you today. I'm just going to focus on you, Lord. Lord, there'll be time later to give you petition. There'll be time later to ask you to meet my needs. But Lord, I want to just come into your presence right now. I want to just spend time with you right now. I want to experience you. I want you to experience me. I want to be close to you. I want to have intimate relationship with you, Heavenly Father. I want you to become close to my heart. I want to become close to your heart. And when we do that, then God begins to transform us. God begins to change us. There comes a time where we can do what we traditionally call prayer and just get on our knees and start asking God for things. But there's a whole lot more to prayer than petition. There's a whole lot more to it than petition. Some of it is just setting and soaking in His presence. How do I get an appetite for God, Pastor? You spend time with Him. You spend time with Him. You spend time with Him in His Word. You spend time with Him in prayer. You spend time with Him with other, having fellowship with other people that love God just like you do. You spend time with Him and your focus becomes Him and your goal becomes to see His glory and to experience Him. The glory of God, the Bible teaches us that the glory of God is the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God. And then we go on here. The Bible said that the word, of God, the word became flesh. John 1.14 made His dwelling among us, among men. We've seen His glory. The glory as one and of God's one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. We see that. We see His glory. How did we see His glory? Every time He opened a blind eye, you saw His glory. Every time His presence made a difference in the room he walked in. You saw his glory, like the, para, the paralyzed man that they let down out of the, from the roof. You saw his glory. When, when people's lives are changed and transformed because they come into this realization, I need God in my life. When that happens, we see his glory. When people make choices, God, I'm not going to be satisfied just having you be my Savior. I want you to be the Lord of my life. You can see His glory. You can see His glory. All of it comes from relationship. Every single part of it comes from relationship to see His glory and to experience Him in the sanctuary or where He dwells. The glory of the Lord is reflected in every aspect of His life. It's reflected in His birth. It's reflected in His life. It's reflected in His miracles. It's reflected in His death. It's reflected in His resurrection. It's reflected in His ascension. And it's reflected in His current position as the intercessor seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and I. Now the last point that I want to make this morning on this show us your glory, Lord, is about the Spirit of the Lord. The Bible says we all with open face, our, our text... Beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. This happens by the Spirit of the Lord. This phrase at the end of that verse reminds us that the Holy Spirit is involved in this process. Not only is the Holy Spirit involved in in, uh, teaching us about Jesus Christ, not only is the Holy Spirit involved in pulling us toward Jesus Christ, but the Holy Spirit is involved in the transformation of our lives. And you, you listen, God will transform anybody if they let Him. If they let Him. He's our helper. The Holy Spirit is our helper. What we know about Jesus came through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And His ministry is to glorify 
Jesus. And you can find that in John chapter 16, verses 12 through 15. We won't read it this morning, but you can find it there. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, the Bible teaches us that the veil is representative of bondage, but the Spirit brings liberty. Now look, 2 Corinthians 3, 18, it's by the Spirit. Verses 15 through 17 says this, Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. You see that? Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or there is freedom. So what this is telling us is in the Old Testament, they didn't have the ability to see the manifested glory of God where today we do, and we do because we turn our hearts toward the Lord. And when we turn our hearts toward the Lord, the veil is taken away, and then the Holy Spirit communicates God's freedom to us. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Any place the glory of God shows up, there's liberty. That's why people that have been bound in drugs and all kinds of addictions can get in the presence of God and come in bound and walk out free. You hear me? You hear me? That's why people that have known God and turned away from God and get back in the presence of God, that's why their hearts are drawn back to God and you frequently find them in the altar uh, giving their heart to God and crying out to God. The reason is because they got in the presence of God's glory and the presence of God's glory broke the shackles off of them and ministered liberty to them again. Why do you think we do worship the way we do? This is why I try to get you engaged in worship. Uh, now, now listen, I'm not fa- finding fault. I'm the pastor and I look at these things. Our worship is not as powerful as it should be. And it's not because we don't practice and we don't try. It's because you have to engage too. Together, you're part of the worship experience. This is not a show up here. When we get together, we work, we work, and we work because we want to be like David. You know, we want to present something that's excellent to the Lord. And we made a few mistakes. I made a few mistakes this morning. You might not have noticed it, but a musician would have noticed it. We made a few mistakes this morning. But the thing about it is, is we can work and work and work and work. But if you're just showing up to see a show, then you're not going to experience what you need to experience. But if you walk in that door with getting connected to God on your mind, if you walk into that door and say, God, I'm here to experience your glory. God, I'm here to see you. God, I'm here to receive what I need from you. And you engage with us in worship and quit trying to watch a show, then God will begin to transform you and change you. And many things that are on your life that are holding you bound will be broken and you'll walk in liberty and experience the freedom that the Spirit can give. Now, when we behold Him, we become more like Him and the more we behold Him, the more like Him we become. How do I become like Christ? By beholding Him, by meditating, contemplating, looking at Him through the Word, experiencing Him. Colossians chapter 8, our last passage this morning, verses 8 through 17 says this, But now you must also rid yourselves of such things as these, anger and rage and malice and slander and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to one another, each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. 
Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive us, the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. I read this passage of Scripture to you this morning because I wanted you to see it started with anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language, all of these kinds of things. But at the end, you see a totally different picture where it says put on love and love one another and have compassion and kindness and humility. What makes that possible? What makes it possible from us going from anger and rage and malice and filthy language to compassion and love and experiencing God? What makes that possible? Beholding Him. Beholding Him. When people are involved in fleshly things, like anger and malice and strife and bitterness and all of these kinds of things, and... The fruit of the Spirit is not flowing out of their life. Then that is a sign that they're not spending time with God. We're not judges. We're fruit inspectors. You know them by the fruit they bear. God will take you where you are. And He'll love you like you are. Listen to me, church. This is in my heart today. He'll take you like you are. He'll love you like you are. And if you'll let Him, He'll start a process of transformation that will draw you so close to His heart that when people see you, all they see is Him. What a way to live. To live lost in His glory to live in His shadow, to experience Him in a powerful, wonderful way. I told someone this past week we were talking, and I told him, I, told him, I said, Lucifer's main problem was that he couldn't be around God without getting lost in His glory. And Lucifer wanted to be seen. And that was his downfall. Wanting to be seen. When you see me, someday, if the Lord delays his coming, and I change my address to heaven, some of you folks will probably precede me there, and some of you may not. But I want to be known as a man who loved God with all of his heart and had a heart to see God's will done in the earth. It's not about us. I fought with them about putting our picture on the billboards. 
I said, we shouldn't do that. We should put a picture of Jesus up there. And they said, well, people have to identify that church with you because you're so uh, uh, public in the recognizable in the community, and they need to know this is the church where you pastor. So I said, okay, we'll do it on one go-around. But after that, it's got to be God. It's got to be Jesus. How many of you this morning can say with me, Pastor, I want God to transform me. I want to become like Jesus. He'll heal you where you hurt. He'll heal you every place you hurt. But you've got to give him the chance. You have to give him the chance. None of us have all the answers. Not even me. There's things that's happened in my life that I don't understand. There really are. You know, we've been, my wife and I have been through some things that nobody should have to go through. All in the name of God. But I learned a long time ago, if you're going to make it, you've got to love God more than you hurt. And you've got to make up your mind from this day forward, I love Him. He loved you when they were putting nails in His hands and feet. He loved you when they were persecuting Him and making Him carry the cross down the Via Dolorosa. He could have said, God, I thought you wanted me to come and be your son. Why are you turning your back on me? In fact, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, Jesus experienced the same emotions that we experience sometimes, didn't he? Even God's own son felt forsaken by the heavenly father. But he never quit loving him. And he never quit being his son. Because the next thing we hear him say, his father forgive him. They don't know what they do. Into your hands, I commend my spirit. Listen, as long as you live, there are going to be things that happen to you that you cannot explain. That should have absolutely nothing to do with whether you serve God or not. Because your relationship with God is not based on what He can do for you right now. It's based on what He did for you 2,000 years ago on a cross at Calvary. And so today, I serve Him because I love Him. I behold Him and I try to see His glory. We meditate upon Him. We contemplate Him. We love Him because He first loved us. And while we can't explain a lot of things, there are things that we'll never be able to understand this side of heaven. We can rest in the fact that even if I don't understand it, He's still not going to forsake me and He'll walk with me through it until that great day when He hears the Father say, go get your kids. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Come on. Thank you for joining us today on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4 and that's the number 4, jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 
9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.